Welcome to this week's podcast from Tim Hall International Ministries. To find out more about what Pastor Tim and Jackie Hall are doing around the world, check out timhall.com.au. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and empowered as you listen to this message. I want you to turn to Psalm 78, and it reads like this. This subject is uh, really probably not even suitable to preach here. A lot of churches need this message. You probably don't. But I want to talk about taking off the limitations. Taking off the limitations in God. Psalm 78 reads like this in verse 9. The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turn back in the day of battle. Verse 11 says, they forgot his works and his wonders that he had showed them. And then it says in verse 41, yes, they turned back and they tempted God and they limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his hand, his hand of power, nor did they remember the day when God delivered them from the enemy. They forgot about the signs in Egypt and the wonders and they turned back. I looked at this and I thought, God, if there's I'm 60, I turn 60 years of age next year. I'm 59 in a few months and 60 years of age next year. And in my heart, I feel like I've just got started. I feel as though I'm just starting to learn. I actually feel like I'm just learning to preach the gospel. Pastor Reinhard Bonnke, how many have ever heard of, uh, of an evangelist? Not very well known in South Africa. Since he turned 60, he's probably had more people saved than at any time of his ministry. His ministry has multiplied. He's preaching to millions of people and having the greatest results ever. And I don't want to, to pull back. I see people my age and they're starting to say, hey, my time's up. Age is limiting me. I'm going to pull back. I don't know. I feel like I just want to get started. How many, how many want to just get started? If you're 60, you're just warming up. 70, you should know what you're doing. 80 is not a bad age to get rolling. And 90, you should be able to do something really good. God wants us to take off the limitations. Israel, again and again, limited God. They forgot what he could do. They forgot the power of God. They forgot about the anointing of the Holy Ghost. They forgot the wonders and the miracles. And they forgot that God is a God who has no limits. He is the unlimited God. When we taste the presence and the power of God, it is just a droplet of, a, of an ocean that is a never-ending ocean. When we feel and sense God and experience God, we are touching just a tip of an unlimited magnitude that is beyond anything that we can comprehend. God goes beyond any of our, anything we can understand or comprehend. I was preaching in a church recently and I was talking on the subject of limiting God and not limit, not, to not limit him. And uh, as I was preaching, I shared some of the great miracles that uh, we've read about and seen and stuff around the world. And I started to talk about a man called A.A. A. Allen. How many have heard of A.A. A. Allen? A.A. Allen was an extraordinary preacher in America. He was a man who, in his great tent meetings, was nothing in a night to see 20 or 30 crippled people get up off beds and get out of wheelchairs and cancer cases and they would lie, the, the uh, sick and the people in, on pallets and beds, they'd lie whole sections of people down and he would go one after another and raise them up. 
And I was talking about A.A. Allen and one man said to me, you know, I travelled with him. I travelled with him. I watched the miracles that happened at his hand. I said, brother, tell me about A.A. Allen. He said, well, he said, there were extraordinary things. I said, tell me some of the great things that happened. He said, there was one situation where a little baby was brought in. This little baby had no eyes. It was deaf, uh, no speech, just a little child. His tongue hang, hung out of the side of its mouth. Saliva ran from its mouth. Its little hands and feet were all twisted. And it was just a little withered up, broken, damaged person. And A.A. Allen said, bring him to me. And they brought this little child over and they put him on A.A. Allen's knee. And Allen began to pray. And as he began to pray, the first thing that happened was liquid began to swirl in the sockets of this little child's eyes. And then liquid began to run down the face. And as they watched, little eyes formed in the sockets. The tongue snapped back into the mouth and the little twisted hands straightened out. The little boy looked up, looked around, saw his mother, who he'd never seen before, and said, Mama. You see, God's an unlimited God. And I said, well, tell me some more. He said, well, A.A. Allen began to move in the power of the Spirit of God in miracles. God's a miracle worker who tonight wants us to take the limitations off and know that right now tonight in Pretoria or here in Bloom, there is a miracle for us tonight. There's a miracle here. God wants to do something great. So great was the anointing that was on him that he didn't know how to pray for the great crowds that were coming, tens of thousands, and he didn't know how to reach them. He had no idea. And he said to God, what should I do? How am I, I can't lay hands on them like I normally do. What do you want me to do? And the Lord said, I want you to do what Peter did. He said, God, what's that? He said, I want you to use your shadow. And he said, okay. And he set up a, a little railway line behind him and had a spotlight. And they would turn this spotlight on at the time of prayer and turn it around behind him so that the light cast his shadow out right across the crowd as it moved behind him. And as the shadow passed over the crowd, the people began to scream as the miracle power of God came upon them. We are tonight in the presence of a God who wants us to say there are no limitations. This church is a church of no limitations. If ever, if ever there's a church anywhere that I've been to that really is saying there are no limitations, there's, there's nothing to stop what we can do, there's no limitation, we're not going to put a cap on it or a seal on it, we're just going to keep growing and spreading and miraculously changing history for the glory of God. This is a church that in no way is turning back, but has its eyes set to go on and on and on and on into this nation and that nation to grow great churches and touch the whole world. What a vision. I began to read and talk with this guy about some of the other great people that he'd seen. He talked some more about A.A. Allen. He said Allen had a television program. And he said in that TV program, he, uh, it was just the beginning of television, but he was in his big tent and televising. And he said there, there was a time when he had to walk through the studio. And as he was walking through the studio, there was a spotlight on. And he walked past this spotlight. And as he did, his shadow began to pass over all the people working in there. And as the shadow passed over them, they were falling to the ground, getting delivered and getting healed just as his shadow was passing by them. 
God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything that we could ask or think according to the power that right now is at work within us. He is the God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond, it says in Ephesians 3.20, beyond anything we can think, anything we can ask, anything we dream. It's interesting, that word exceedingly abundantly literally means way above and beyond superabundant, excessive greatness. There's nothing impossible. He says, you dream a dream, I can surpass it. You think a thought of greatness and I can pass it so abundantly, it'll be beyond your imagination. He said, I want to do exceedingly abundantly beyond. I began to read of many of these people in history, the great people. I read of T.L. Osborne and Daisy Osborne, who at the height of their ministry were in Uganda. And they had a great crusade in Uganda. Great miracles had happened everywhere and, and they were coming back to the airport and the people lined the roads by the thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands along the road to the airport. And T.L. and Daisy began to feel great compassion for them. And as they were driving down the road, they opened the window and put their hands out of the car. And they began to brush and touch the people with their hands as they drove to the airport. And as they were just driving and the people were touching their hands and touching their clothes, they were miraculously healed by the hundreds of thousands as they simply drove past. God is getting ready to inspire us, astound us, and cause us to stand in utter amazement at what he can do. Some years ago, I was with my wife and we had a phone call from the man who supported most of our crusades. He was a top artist in Australia and uh, we were called by him and he said, my little grandchild has died, would you come? Come and pray for this little child. And I said, okay, we'll come up there. I wish that little child had been raised from the dead, it didn't happen, but we did see something extraordinary on the way up. We were pushing time to get up there and uh, I said to my wife, we really, I didn't want to speed too much because in Australia, if you, different in South Africa, you can speed a bit here, but in Australia, if you speed, they take your license off you. Does that happen here? I love taking it off you. <laughs> Having lost it once, I know what it's like. That's just a confession. It's just a simple confession. But we were driving to Broken Hill, a place called Broken Hill. And we were really pushing for time and we got to a place called Coburn, 80 kilometres from Broken Hill. And we drove into Coburn and I said, Jackie, we've got to really try and make up some time, we drove into the town, we drove out of the town straight into the next one. We went 80 kilometres in seven or eight minutes. And we sat in the car and the glory of God filled the car. We knew that we'd been translated in time. One of my close friends was driving his car. He had his family, it was uh, summertime, they were going on holidays, they were all loaded up. And they were moving along fairly steadily, probably 70 miles an hour, something like that. And they came around a corner, and as they came around the corner, a semi-trailer was across the road. It, was, it had jackknifed, and it was right across the trailer, across the road. There was nowhere to go. And my friend Harry said, there was nowhere to go. He closed his eyes, and they passed through that semi-trailer and out the other side. So how did that happen? 
It happened because we worship a God of the impossible. God of the impossible. I love to read about some of these great people of history. I love, I love Smith Wigglesworth, the old Englishman. How many, how many love Smith Wigglesworth? How many of you in Pretoria love Smith Wigglesworth? I like him. He was a wild old Yorkshireman. And uh, he was ministering one day. And as he was preaching and ministering, there was a man lying on the platform with a massive cancer in his stomach. And as he walked past the man, the man had one of those little hospital gowns with, tied up at the back, air-conditioned ones. And uh, as he walked past, the guy's stomach was all bloated and he had a doctor with him and people with him. And he walked past and as he came alongside, he walked up to that man and punched him in the stomach. In Jesus' name be healed. And the doctor jumped up and said, you've killed him, you've killed him, you've killed him, we're going to sue you. And the family were going, we'll sue you, you've killed him. And he, he didn't even turn back, he just said, he's healed, he's healed. That's English for he's healed. He's healed. And they were yelling out, we'll sue you, you've killed him. And they were yelling out. In the meantime, the guy had jumped up in his little hospital gown with the air conditioning and he was running around the building healed by the power of God. I tell you, there's something, something extraordinary about the belief of those guys. They took the limitations off. I want to take the limitations off. I want to dare to believe God for greater things than I've ever seen before. We were just in Pakistan preaching. Only a few weeks ago, I shared this morning, and just watching the miracles, watching the extraordinary healings and miracles of God as the power of God came down like a fire. Uh, people by the dozens being miraculously healed. Arms and limbs and eyes and deaf ears as the power of God was touching them. I want to see greater things than ever before. I want to take the limitations off. I don't want to preach just to 40,000, 30, 40,000 people. I want to start to preach to 200,000, 300,000, 400,000. I remember when Pastor Reinhard Bonnke was preaching to 30,000 people and we all said, God, if ever we could preach to 30,000 people. He had a big tent. Do you remember his tent blew away? Blew away and he got a new one. <laughs> but on one occasion, the, a big storm was coming towards his tent and uh, the storm was coming to blow his tent away and Reinhardt walked out and he stood up on the hill and he said, Devil, are you coming to try to blow my tent away? <laughs> he said, if you blow my tent away, I am going to believe God for one three times as big. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are plundering hell to populate heaven. I am not afraid of the devil. I believe the devil is afraid of me. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wigglesworth was called to a house where a lady had died. The lady was lying in this room and uh, she was just lying on a bed there. And Wigglesworth went in and he spoke to her and he said, In the name of Jesus, stand up. Nothing. He said, I said, in the name of Jesus, stand up. Not up, up. Stand up. Nothing. He picked her up. Picked her up. That's right. Pushed her up against the wall and said, I said in the name of Jesus, walk. 
Nothing. She slid down the wall. Now he was mad. Now he was mad. Now he picked her up again. Put her up against the wall. He said, I said, in the name of Jesus, walk. And she walked. He's the unlimited God. He, he's the unlimited God. I shared once before, we were in a meeting, meeting in, in Australia of all places, and uh, I was preaching, and there was a great disturbance in the meeting. And I remember it was a hard night. It was a tough night to preach. And suddenly a lady jumped up and she ran down to the front and she ran up to me holding a little child and she pushed the little child into my arms. And as I held this little child, he was about three years of age, I realized I was holding a dead boy. He had died 15 or 20 minutes before. The meeting wasn't going very well and now I'm standing at the front holding a dead child. That meeting is in the balance. I remember telling everybody, we need to pray. Everybody stand. I want you to shout. I didn't care what they shouted. They could have shouted Biltong or Burevos or Vegemite sandwiches or come on the wallabies. I didn't care as long as it had anointing on it. I was shouting. The main thing I was shouting was, help! I was trying to look spiritual doing it. Turning my head, I was, hallelujah, glory to God. Help! Crying out to God. And I still remember the moment everybody was shouting. And all of a sudden, I heard. And I looked down and I watched the little boy's eyes come open. And little dead eyes came alive in his face. And his little arms began to move and he started to breathe. And I was now holding a living child raised from the dead by the God who has no limitations. He's the God who raises the dead. He's a God who raises the dead and calls the things that be not as though they are. He's a God who's able to do anything in your life. He's a God who's able to break the power of cancer. He's a God who can break the power of AIDS. He's a God who can step into your family. He's a God who can do a miracle in your home and in your children. He's a God who can change your finances and change your business. All he's saying is, take off the limitations. Take them off. There in Pretoria, take off the limitations. I was in Estonia preaching. And as I was ministering there, big crowd in, in the former communist cultural center. And as I was preaching, there was a lady in the front row. She was sitting next to my wife. And my wife said, you said to her, come on, go up on the platform. I said, well, come on. What's wrong? She said, my husband has been womanizing. He's, been, he's left me five months ago. My life's a mess. But I love him. I want him back. I want my family complete. I want my home. I want my home in order. She said, I'll accept him back, but God's going to do something. I said, Madam, come up here. And I laid my hands upon her. Down she went on the ground under the power of God. I said, believe God. Only believe. Dare to believe God. Picked her up again. Laid hands on her. Spirit of the Lord hit her. She staggered back to her seat. Sat down crying. As she sat down, she felt a hand on her shoulder. She turned around. The husband we were praying with had just walked into the building under the conviction of God, came walking up to the front, put his hand on her shoulder and began to cry. I said, my wife said to him, she, my wife's a little lady, but she's tough. I tell you, when she says jump, I say, am I allowed to come down yet? <laughs> she pointed a little finger and she said, you get up on that platform. I was praying for people up on the platform. You, up you go. He said, yes, ma'am. 
came up onto the platform. I laid hands upon him. It was like a horse kicked him. He got up off the floor, shaken like a truck had gone over him. Prayed for him again. The power of God hit him. I said, you go and get things right now. He went down, dropped on his knees, took her by the hand, and right there in front of everybody, sobbed and wept as their family was restored. And they followed us around every meeting their family put together. The guy changed in a moment of time. It's time to take off the limitations. You can have your family back. You can have your home restored. You can have, you can have a miracle in your family. They may be far from God, but I tell you, like Peter in the lower dungeon, ready to be taken out and killed the following day, the angel at their prayers went down and opened the door and the chains fell off and he led them out of that place. He led Peter right out, out through the gate, out there and took him right back to the prayer meeting. He can bring your children out of the deepest dungeon. He can bring that drug-addicted family member out of the bondage of hell. He can bring that alcoholic husband or wife out of the pits. He can bring the circumstance of your life out of chaos and into light. But it's just time to take off the limitations. How many believe that? One of the people that has excited me that I've read over over the years was a man called Jack Coe. Jack Coe was a, a, quite a fat preacher. If there's one thing I'd hate is to be fat. I, I would hate that. I, I'm always thinking to myself, I've got to try, try and stay lean and slim like this. <laughs> Athletic, really? Magnificent. I, I would hate to be fat. I'm really working on staying slim. I used to have a washerboard stomach. Now I've got a washing machine. <laughs> hey, and a spin dryer thrown in. But I've got to get back and get like Pastor At with that magnificent <laughs> rippling stomach. <laughs> Athletic and fit. There's a few fatties here, aren't there? Just looking around, I can't see up in Pretoria, but we've got a few fatties in the meeting here, so I don't feel completely alone. I guarantee there's a couple of you up there that have got a pound or two on. Jack Coe was a, a big preacher, well built. well-built preacher like myself. He was ministering. He had tremendous faith. He was preaching there this night and there was a lady in a wheelchair and he got really excited. It was a platform like this and he grabbed her in the wheelchair and he, he said, in the name of Jesus and ran her off the platform. Straight off. The wheelchair crashed. There was a tremendous collision. Wheels spinning, legs in the air and people probably yelling out, we'll sue you. You've killed her! I don't know what they were yelling. But the woman crawled out of the wreckage and ran around the building. If you're a minister and a preacher, I don't advise that you try that technique. <laughs> In Australia, I love to minister with the Australian Aboriginal people. I love to go into the outback. It's so much fun out there. We go out there and oh, I've eaten goanna half-cooked. They want me to eat sand frogs next. So I haven't been for a while and just 
waiting till my appetite's that much. <laughs> but I was out in a place called Indulkina, and I had a story out in that area, the pitland, right in the centre of Australia, from one of the outback areas. A man died out there, and uh, it was mysterious circumstances. They didn't know what he died of, and so they sent him for a full autopsy. Well, they sent him down to a place called Port Augusta to have a, an, aut uh, an autism, uh, what do you call it? Autopsy. That's right. And um, so they did. They gave him a full autopsy. Now, I'm, I'm not too clued up on exactly what, but they certainly do open everything up, and I don't know if they put all the bits back or not, but they sewed him up and put him back in the coffin, which was just a, really a box, and put him in the back of a, a bucky. They had a thousand miles to drive, and they were driving back through the outback, a number of Aboriginal guys in the back, and they went over a railway line and they went over a little bit fast and a couple of the guys fell out of the back and the coffin went flying out and this gentleman rolled out of the coffin. And then one of the guys said, I missed that. <laughs> then one of the guys said, why don't we pray for him? And one of them said, that's a good idea. So they stood around this man who'd been dead for a number of days and had a full autopsy took authority in Jesus' name, and the guy stood up, raised from the dead. He's had a foot autopsy, but he's walking around the district, raised from the dead. Isn't that exciting? God is the God of the impossible. He wants us to take off the limitations. He wants us to dare to believe for things greater than we've ever believed before. Jesus said, if you are able to believe, nothing shall be impossible to him or her that believes. Nothing. Tonight, if we can believe God, nothing shall be impossible.